Couch Talk Sports, back with another episode. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, State of America, back with my two guests, Ryan Lamont. How y'all feeling, man? Back for day two. Back for day two. I'm ready to get after it, man. Let's talk about it. We discussed a lot of important things yesterday. We discussed the state of police brutality, racial divide, the Ryan Luden, and just the state of how the sports is going to affect this movement right now. But today we wanted to pick up right where we left off. So just to put things in context, we are on this subject because the killing of George Floyd happened in Minnesota. Police officers kneeled on his neck. Now we're trying to do things in America that should have been done a long time ago. So today we're going to pick up right where we left off yesterday, kind of. Talking about the state of the NBA, state of sports. Kyrie Irving made a huge splash today. He said that the NBA players should consider making their own league. What do you guys think about that? That was earlier today, right? Actually. Yeah, that was just today. I heard it first on Bleacher Report. First he said he didn't want to restart the 22-game format in Orlando, and that was sent out last week. Then he had a phone call with his teammates, and he told teammates that they start their own league. He talked to teammates about this this season. Based on what I was told, KD was not enthusiastic about it. To be honest with you, I don't really care about KD's opinion of anybody, opinion of all sports athletes' opinion. Kevin Durant' opinion, I care about at the very least. He's known to just hop on board whatever is hot, and so we don't care about him. Moving along to Kyrie, but he's a great basketball player, but I don't care about his opinion and shit. But moving on to Kyrie, I think it's good. Listen, anybody that is going against what Kyrie is saying, you're going against what America is. Because at the end of the day, America is built on ownership, private companies, and things like this. And so what Kyrie is talking about is an American conversation, if you want to break it down. See what I'm saying? This nation was built on entrepreneurs and founding and knocking people out the way just to get the things that you want. So the NBA is something that potentially might get knocked out the way. I mean, hey, that's what America breeds, capitalism and competition. So don't be afraid of the competition. It can only be good for capitalism. And so we got to figure out what we want to do here. But what Kyrie's doing, I think is great, personally. Yeah, man, I think the idea behind it is a great idea to begin with. But the problem is we've seen people go against these leagues and try to start their own and do nothing but fail. I mean, the XFL failed twice. I mean, <laughs> we could talk about what it would take for these NBA players to create their own league. Obviously, they have their own money to do it, but the fact is they'd have to be willing to sacrifice their upcoming paychecks for the next five, ten years to make their own league. And then once they get the TV contracts and things of that nature is when it really gets rolling. They can get the talent in there, obviously, but the fact is they won't be able to generate their own income since they're paying other players throughout their own income that they're creating, right? Yeah. I must put this out there. This is information came from Ryan Russillo, but actually Taylor Rooks later said that sources tell me that Kyrie Irving never stated that the Nets should begin their own league in response to the bubble. So these are not clarifying comments yet, but Kyrie has always been outspoken. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. This is another occasion where he was outspoken and it was in the forefront of the media. I think either way it goes, I think it's a great conversation to have. Listen, creating another league shouldn't be seen as detrimental to the NBA. It should be seen as an enhancement to the brand of basketball, which is a growing sport globally. 
And once again, it's more money to be had, more jerseys to be sold, more talented athletes that don't have to go play in less talented places. They could stay right here in America and we don't have to outsource that talent. You see what I'm saying? All this goes back to being the great America, make America great again, right? Ain't that what they say? Ain't that what these people's slogan is? Well, let's. This is the route to fucking making America great. I ain't gonna say again. Motherfuckers ain't never been great, neither here nor there. But I think it's good. And then Noons is like to respond to you as far as like TV contracts and things like this. Everything is digital. And being that everything is digital, you can start there. Personally, like I think if you find the right talent of broadcasters, clearly the technology to broadcast things in live action is there and it's accessible to the people. Now, the quality of it on what scale is to my belief that there's enough money in those locker rooms to be able to go out and find the top talent and knowledge that knows how to film camera and make this thing look as nice as it can look, right? You could rent or come up with a deal to get gems to play in and things like that. Like, all these things is business talk. Will it be tough to work through? I definitely think it's tough to work through. I don't think it's impossible. And I just think it's something that they should really consider doing. And once again, it shouldn't be seen as a knock to the NBA or trying to take over the NBA. The NBA is an established company, right? It should be seen as something that can enhance the global brand of basketball. That's it. So yeah, been- my argument isn't against them having the facilities or the talent or airing it on TV deals. It's the money to pay these players, right? The players are creating their own league. They're paying out of their own pockets the other talent. So now these players aren't making as much money as they could in the other leagues. So it has to be a sacrifice to be able to shift it. But as far as having multiple leagues of basketball in America, I mean, you could look overseas at Europe and see they have two or three leagues of soccer in Europe and it hasn't affected anything one bit. So I'm not arguing against that point. I'm just saying it takes sacrifice pockets wise, I guess, to get it started. So really the question is, is do they want to make the sacrifices? Like, do they want to make the financial sacrifices for the whole culture? And that could be a tough question. And it is what it is. But I think it's something that they should consider doing. I think it's something that they should definitely look into because at the end of the day, you know who the talent is. And these owners are only in place because the technology wasn't there. The knowledge wasn't there. But now the technology, the knowledge, the information has all caught up to the times. So... Kyrie wanted to create his own league. Why is that far-fetched? LeBron wanted to create his own league. Why is this far-fetched? Like, why? Like these things shouldn't be far-fetched. Not in 2020. Maybe in 1990, 95 is a little bit more far-fetched. But with 2020, like, come on. Like, iPhones even upgrade themselves after a point in time. Like, we should start upgrading shit, too. But neither here nor there. Yeah. No, I think Kyrie I'm is just... Congress and they got Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kyrie is just stating his mind how he feel right now. This all stems from the current state of events that took place or taking place right now in America. He I'm feeling like the NBA is trying to come back just to bring sports back to take away from the movement. So this is probably him just speaking out in that way. So I think that he needs to go back, have an alternate conversation with others and try to figure out another way. I think NBA coming back is good, but also see how he could think that it's taken away from the spotlight. He don't want that to be taken away. The conversation that he brought up about them making their own league, I don't know what that stems from. You have to ask the next players. We don't have inside sources into that. That's just something that just came out of nowhere. That caught me a little bit off guard, but I do think he's right when he talks about the NBA shouldn't come back 
sports probably should have come back due to the pandemic and due to the movement that's going on right now. How about this? Because when the late great, the most honorable Nipsey Hussle went down, everybody wanted to be a big Nipsey Hussle fan. Everybody wanted to play his music. Everybody, and he was great at what he did. So let's practice the things that he preached within his music, all right? And that was ownership. And that was extreme ownership at multiple levels. Let's practice the man that we claim that we praise and love and things like that. But I don't think so. Like, like I don't really think they was with him like how they say. I think they just be with some cool shit. A lot of them NBA niggas be with the funnies anyway, but neither here nor there. But if you really want to keep Nipsey Hussle name going, you would practice what he preached the same way he practiced what Malcolm X preached. That's why he had the Malcolm X chain. But neither here nor there. Just you should own the fucking league, goddammit, is what I'm telling you. Hey, why not? But these leagues are making a lot of money off these players, making a lot of money off TV contracts, making a lot of money off the fans, memorabilia. So they have a lot of money to invest back into the state of what's going on right now. Let's switch gears to talk about that. A lot of these corporations are actually donating money and donating funds to the Black Lives Matter movement or to fix racial equality, social injustices. You have Nike who donated $40 million. The NFL donated $250 million over 10 years. Michael Jordan donated $100 million over 10 years. Walmart, Amazon, just to name a few others. I think they're putting their money into the right places, but what is that money really going to do? Is that money really going to be used the right way? What do you think about all the donations that's going on right now? Well, can I pose a question to you? Do you think these donations are in good faith, or is it because they're trying to build popularity because this is trending right now, or because they can use it as a huge tax write-off. I mean, I hate to be brash about it. I mean, it's always good to send money to a good cause, but at the same time, like, what's the idea behind it? Where was these donations 10 years ago when it wasn't trending or 15 years ago? I think that's a very good question. I think it's probably a combination of both, right? It's the right time. It's a big issue. You put your money out there, let everybody know that you're part of this, you're backing it, but at the same time, are you taking advantage of the situation? Are you really going to support the cause? Are you really going to give it to the right organizations? Are you going to give it to organizations that's going to pocket the money and not really use it to benefit the community that it needs to benefit? I have to speak from experience because one of my organizations right now got donated a million dollars from Dick Wolf. He's the one who does all the CSI shows and stuff like that. But my company really isn't, I could say, really isn't unique in a way where the environment is safe for everybody to speak up. It's really a whitewashed environment. Not whitewashed, really like a white ran environment. It's like based on white principles and things like that. But these organizations or these corporations are really doing stuff this time. So I just want to know, is it real? Is it fake? Is it just for the spotlight? Are they just clout chasing, as some people call it? Obviously, you would want to think that these people are doing it from the kindness in their heart. Obviously, you would want to think that that's the human nature in us. But come on, man. Like, how long have multiple organizations been donating to multiple causes that have never trickled down? Not just with this. We're talking about all. Now, obviously, we're specifically talking about the Black Lives Matter and different causes that affect the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. But just in our overall sense, like, how much money has been donated to things that we never see? Like, we don't even see a new fucking playground. We don't even see potholes get filled. Like, come on. And, like, at the end of the day, all these companies donating all this money 
thank you, but at the end of the day, the responsibility is the government's. We already pay y'all a lot of money in taxes. So although someone is fulfilling the role and we gonna take the help, we should still keep applying the pressure to the government because that should be coming from you, not from these companies and corporations. One, but even though that they want to give it, it's like, can we at least get a spreadsheet or something that this money is being spent on? Can we trace the money? Do we know exactly what programs and things are being implemented with the money? What is being built? Who is being hired? Like, these are the type of things that I want to see to make me go, this money is being spent right. I don't want you to just donate $10 million to this cause over 10 years and secretly you just paid somebody $100 million over 10 years. You get what I'm telling you? Like, I don't want it to be no shit like that. So where does it trickle down? Like, exactly what is this money plan to be spent on? Until we start hearing those type of talks, I don't really want to hear about how much money is being thrown around. I don't even know if this money is even going out. Because at the end of the day, let's be honest, this fucking world is full of liars. So you can easily go make a statement be like, you donate money and you ain't sent a penny. It just sounds good. It's a good PR statement. I don't believe none of this shit until I see it. And that's where I'm at with you. God bless. Yeah. So just to get some of the numbers, Nike's donated $40 million over four years to support black communities in the U.S., as protesters condemning police brutality, institutional racism, following the death of George Floyd. This comes from the Change in America website. Michael Jordan has donated $100 million over 10 years. That comes from the Fox Business News website. Well, listen, Jordan is a black man. People have been getting killed over Jordans since they first hit the streets. You long overdue to donate some type of money. Not to say that you haven't. Because I don't know that man's business. He could have been, I don't know. But to be vocal and public about it, now obviously you don't want to help the poor or the less fortunate and be vocal about it because then it doesn't look as sincere. But it's sometimes you do just need to point at the scoreboard and let people know how many points you're putting up from time to time. You know what I mean? Like, And that's just what it is. Like, Jordan, you're a black man at the end of the day. So you should have been donating something to these causes. You should have been putting preventative measures in place with your money to help curb this type of behavior from the police. Like, you are black. You still something that the culture adores. You should be tuned in with the culture more than most athletes, I would think. Not because I'm holding you to some special light. No, because you are the main source of what the whole culture looks to as far as fashion, shoes, and things like that. Let's just be honest. It's Jordan. And it probably always will be to a degree. So you've been had some type of social responsibility. So Jordan, you call me, tweet me, DM me, whatever you got to do. But you should have been doing this, my boy. So I'm not going to like give people praises for doing shit that they should have been doing. You get what I'm telling you? Yeah, my main question will be, so when you say it's going towards fighting social injustice, going to improve racism, what does that actually mean? What organizations are out there that's we know about that's really fighting those type of issues. We know there's a lot of them. We don't know all the names of them. We just need to know those names. Plus, send some of that money for inner school educations, try to improve teacher pay, improve technology in the school, community programs, recreational programs, after school programs. That money can go a lot of certain different ways. But as you mentioned earlier, 
Are we going to get a list of where that money is going? Are we going to get follow up from the programs or the organizations that money was donated to to get feedback on, oh, this is what it was spent for. This is how it improved the students or this is how it improved the population or our community. We want to know all that information. A lot of times that information doesn't come back to us. And we need to know all that right now because we're at a time where they're donating a lot of money and people try to take advantage of that money. We don't need that right now. We really need yeah. improvement. Yeah, I guess my other question is, Amazon's donating all this money. What about instead of donating this money to any type of agency, why don't they just build a distribution center in Watts or in Harlem or in Queens where it's a majority black neighborhood or people of color neighborhood or whatever you want to say, where they create 10,000 jobs in this neighborhood? Like, don't you think that'd be just as powerful as donating $10 million? I think what they're trying to do is they want to donate to an organization that where it already exists and they don't have to create it themselves. So if you donate to an organization that's already doing these things, you don't have to try to create or build one yourself and get hire people and trying to find the right person who should be the CEO, who should be the chief officer, who should be the staff. That's a lot of time and effort put into those types of But Amazon's opening distribution centers left and right. I mean, they're opening one in Nampa, Idaho right now that's being built. I mean, they're building them constantly. What's the difference in choosing Nampa versus Watts? There's more people that live in Watts that are looking for jobs than in Nampa, Idaho. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't you think that makes it a, just as big of a difference? That's a big difference. This is way left field, but we talking about the state of America. Let me just give you the state of America from my perspective, at least, before I get canceled. <laughs> Listen, you could build all these distribution centers you could fight for all this racial, hire all black people and Hispanics and whoever you want to hire, right? But the catch-22 is pretty soon and real soon, we ain't going to need humans. So figure it out. And so even on that, it's like eventually that's the point that Amazon is going to be at. So where does the conversation then go when you only have a staff of 50 and 10 of them are coders and engineers to keep the machines moving or however it chooses to go. You don't think they're already exploring the possibility to move in that direction? It makes sense for business at the end of the day. You see what I'm saying? And so even that, like we have to start looking at these things as more pushed out, bigger, complex things than what we're looking at them because, I mean, the world's a big place. And if we're not looking at it that way, I mean, we're doomed to fail. Well, how I look at that is then these families have jobs and then they have money where they can throw money at their children to get better educations, then maybe the children become coders and things of that nature, that they can have one of these higher technology jobs. It will, it'll only be a few families. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. Like The numbers is going to dwindle so much, which brings me to my next question for America. Redesigning our idea and our definition of a work week. What is it? What does a work week look like in 2020? Have we always looked at it wrong? You see what I'm saying? Like To me, at least... It's all these intertwined, more complex issues that speak to the larger state of America that affects African-Americans, that can affect any displaced group of any nation. Because when we start to get into how algorithms can be designed to be inherently racist, then it's easy to go, well, I didn't make it to do that because that's not a person doing that. Yeah, but the algorithms are designed a way that triggers racism. Now, it's the fucking computer didn't build itself. Somebody has to. So it's such a larger thing. It's like, are we making sure we got this front cover, right? Like, do we even know that the 
algorithms can be racist and can trick things and things like that. How do we combat that? And the more as technology gets better, let's just be honest, less and less people are going to be needed. So this whole fight for jobs or let's have affirmative action, you got to hire so many blacks, Mexicans or whoever they can, the company's going to be like, man, fuck the Mexicans, fuck them blacks, fuck them whites, fuck everybody that don't want to be a part of what we got going on. We got fucking robots. You can't be mad at them. And so the state of America, the title of the podcast is fucked up, people. It's fucked up from left to right, but I don't think it's as fucked up as it seems. I just think that our brains have been warped to think of things a certain way that we can't even see. Like, technology is designed to actually free us up, but we look at it like, oh, shit, there's a loss of jobs. That's bad. We just got to redesign shit. I don't even know where we're going. This is a sports podcast. I don't even know why I'm getting all fucking political. It's okay. I told the viewers that yesterday, this is a sports podcast, Couch Talk Sports, but... Right now, we got to discuss things. The current state of America is a state of America where everybody's political right now. It's all about policy. It's all about a lot of different things outside of sports. We don't even have sports to talk about right now. So I think it's going to be an excellent podcast. We have sports to talk about because when sports come back, what is going to do for us? Is it going to make us forget about the movement, forget about the pandemic? Or are they going to be able to use their spotlight and try to continue what's going on right now? So. I think it's good to get political because sports is probably going to be political for the next six to 12 months, I would say. This, sports is going to be crazy when it comes back. It's definitely going to be crazy. Sports. Yeah, sports is going to be really political when it comes back. So I think we're on the right track right now. We're discussing these type of things with this current state of America. But I'm happy to see that the NFL is doing the right thing with their $250 million donation because they did the whole Kaepernick thing terribly wrong. That was just a horrible way to go at it. Now, Kaepernick is looking like a good guy. So I'm happy to see the NFL did make their donation. Are you buying the NFL stuff, man? Yeah, like, can we I'm, I'm not buying it, but I'm just saying it's something that we can congratulate them. They well, be- fuck them. Fuck the NFL. <laughs> they don't get their flowers, man. Fuck the NFL. And really, the reason why my fuck sounds more more bigger than what it is, because y'all took the Raiders out of Oakland and just wouldn't leave them in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, that's what's really fuck the NFL. <laughs> It's bullshit. I just want to stop you here because I want to hear y'all thoughts and opinion on this. I'm going to just get mine real quick. It's bullshit. This man told y'all what was going on. The nation crucified him publicly, career-wise, in all type of fashions. They fucking crucified this man. Only for y'all to be out here 18, 24 months later, however long, protesting the shit he was just taking a knee for. And now the owners and whoever the commissioner is, whatever this guy Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell. Whoever, he's fucking unimportant in my world. Fuck, fuck the NFL. This fucking guy, now like he comes out and he says shit like, now he's behind, like he encourages teams to sign caps. Fuck you, Roger. One, because your name is Roger. So fuck you. Two, it's like, bro, where was your support to try to get this man a job when he was doing the right thing? Now all of a sudden it's the right thing to like do? No, you're just doing it because it's publicly the right thing. And we can't stand for sucker shit like that. He's a sucker. Period, point blank. That's all I got to say, because I don't like talking about suckers named Roger. And the only Roger that I knew that wasn't a sucker was Mr. Roger. God bless the dead. So we're not going to give the NFL any type of leeway with their donation. They did the wrong thing. They messed up from the get-go. I don't know. They're trying to put a Band-Aid on a cut, but that cut constantly kept.
adding to the wound. Man, it's putting a bandaid on a broken leg is what it is. You, you that know? fucking cut right. That's exactly what it is. Put a bandaid on a fucking broken leg. It's <laughs> so like, this shit just seems like so disrespectful and such like a slap in the face. Because honestly, I would rather the NFL just stay quiet on this and go, honestly, we don't know what the fuck we should do. Then you come out and make all these phony statements. I would much rather the people go, you know what, we don't know what the fuck to do. We try to figure this out. You know what I mean? But stop all the phoniness. Like, we can see through it. I know. I don't agree with the Roger Cadell interview that he gave. I don't agree with that at all. I think that was definitely phony. He just did that for a publicity stunt. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the money that they're donating to these organizations to fix racial injustifications. I'm not talking about the interview that he gave. That it was something that kind of dudes' dreadlocks off, right? Like it was some program that was promoting, telling black kids the importance of like cutting their hair. So what is this shit going to? Yeah. Like we keep saying you donate money to this program and it sounds good. These are fucking. I can't even say great PR statements because they're horrible PR statements. They're just fucking horrible. Like, what is it going to, man? Like, we are tired of the, we donate money. Roger, what is it going to? Go home, Roger. Remember smart guy? Go home, Roger. See, Rogers are no good. Like, yeah, I actually think that was sister's sister. Yeah. Whoever it was. <laughs> Roger, Rogers was no good. <laughs> 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 Either way, Roger should go home, right? Roger should go home. Whoever okay. was sending him home, Roger, take your ass home. Okay, so we're not going to give the NFL any flowers. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying right now. No, if they're going to do something, they better do it way bigger than that. Like, come on. Okay. Let me okay. ask y'all this. What would be acceptable in you guys' eyes? Like, what would they have to do to be acceptable that's obviously outside of the realm of donate money? Because obviously I think all three of us can't agree that us and a lot of people in the fucking world is sick of these donations being thrown. So what does it look like? Something that's tangible. Like, what does that look like? You speaking of all the corporation or are you just speaking of NFL no, in general? Well, just any type of donation money that's a large lump sum, like 10 million or like excess like that. Obviously, someone donated 100,000. Fucking Virgil says he's going to get $50. This piece of shit. <laughs> this is crazy. But I'm just talking about the people who's like going to give like millions of dollars like what does that look like as far as it trickling down like what's your idea of it trickling down i think for me personally that stuff it starts with obviously people say education things of that nature build better schools like in these areas k through 12 not for like juniors in high school or seniors in high school like these younger kids before it's too late or colleges like forget that get them while they're young give them a chance to get out of there i mean that's where it all starts is the education system right i mean that gives people a chance. Instead of like dribbling a ball or writing a song, guess what? You can go to school and get out too. Like it just shows another option out there. Yeah, definitely put that money into the community. You got to invest it into the community. These kids aren't going to make it out if they're living in the same situations that their parents grew up in, their grandparents grew up in. You got to put them in a better environment. You got to give them a better education. You got to give them more opportunities. You got to do everything that their parents didn't have. You actually probably got to invest in the parents as well. Make sure the parents have better jobs. They're living in better situations. They don't have to work two to three jobs just to make ends meet. We hear those stories a lot from people who make it to the NFL. My mom had to work two or three, four jobs while I stayed at home and babysitted all my little sisters and brothers. We got to make it better. We got to make the black family better, Latina family better. Give the black family the same opportunities and the same economic investments that white families have and that's what they really need that's what we need to see from 
these organizations, these corporations who donate this money, organizations who have this money, we need to see that money invested, really invested into the community. That's the way I see it. What about promoting black media shows, things of that nature? I mean, when we were growing up, what did we have? Sister, Sister, That's So Raven, and The Proud Family, like on network television, besides oh, like. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Jamie Foxx, Steve Harvey. But the shows Steve only have. Fresh Prince. Mean, the Cosby Show. But like, think about that in the grand scheme of what's on TV, right? I mean, that's maybe 1% of all network shows. And then these shows that are on the other 99%, when there's a black person and there's one of them, or they're a gangster or a thug or they rap or they play sports. And so it's changing the perception. You need to show an everyday person of color living a normal life and show them, guess what? These aren't the only options. Not only that, but it shows fucking white people across the nation that that's not the only perception of me. I think that's a huge thing if you want to talk about trickling down where you send your money. If these corporations and media conglomerates are donating money, why not just instead of sending that money, prop up a couple television shows? Like, it's not that hard. Some black actors, some black writers, some black people to build black entertainment. Exactly. Well, similar to what Tyler Perry's trying to do down there in Atlanta. No, but see, Tyler Perry's different because he sent a message to the culture. Fuck these people, go build your own. And this is the point I'm getting at. That man ain't sitting around waiting on these people to go, oh, here's a budget to go make the movie that you know is popping. He said, you know what? I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I got to do. I got to save up my bread. And it's going to take me some time. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle, however it is. But he pulled it off. Extreme ownership. This is what I'm talking about. That's an example. Shout out to Tyler Perry. That's a fucking example right there. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't sit around and wait on these people to give him money and donate to his cause or none of that. He said, fuck it. I'm going to take what I got. And the people that's willing to help me and get behind me, and this is our goal and our mission, and we're going to make it happen. So if he did that with a movie studio, Will Smith ain't did no shit like that. He got you, you know, you know Will, right? Like, a lot of these big black actors or actresses ain't even did nothing like that. I don't know if they just haven't thought of it, but come on. Like, he did it. And this is what should be done with the NBA. Obviously, Tyler Perry's not going to replace Hollywood. Hollywood's too big. Right. He's just making a dent in Hollywood. He's just giving an alternative option to Hollywood. That's it. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to get rid of the NBA or the NFL. We're just giving an alternative option to these things. That's it. And it's owned by black people. That's it. And there should be nothing wrong with that. So if we do mention Tyler Perry, we got to bring stuff like that up because these companies... I just don't believe that they're going to consistently do what's right by our culture. To consistently do what's right by our culture, I don't believe it to be so. Maybe it's not inherent racism. Maybe some of these people just aren't racist. At the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know, period. And at the end of the day, you cannot have a racist bone in your body and really aren't racist, but you just never grew up around a lot of black people. There was one or two growing up that you've seen she was kind of cool with, but you've never been around them you're more than likely going to pull strings for people that look like you. These are people who aren't even racist. These are people who just like, they not even on that type of time. It's just kind of second nature to help someone that looks like you kind of above everyone else. At least it should be like, that's just what it is. It is what it is. God bless. Yeah. I completely agree with you. So we're saying that we'll take the donations. We'll take the money, but we're not gonna give nobody their flowers until we see the results. Because the results is what really matters the most. Speaking of giving flowers, let's move to the next topic, which is NASCAR. 
Are we going to give NASCAR their flowers for banning the Confederate flag at all events? Obviously, I don't follow NASCAR or anything like that, but I can't think of a guy named that ESPN had up there that was speaking for him. He's an ESPN analyst that's covered uh, NASCAR extensively over the years. Just the way he spoke about the sport and his ideals and things like that, he sounded real understanding, straightforward. He knew what was going on. He understood that a large portion of his fan base wasn't African-Americans, but he also knew that it was also disrespectful. So for him to come out and make these type of statements and now he bans the Confederate flag and things like that, I look at NASCAR or at least that particular individual within NASCAR a lot different. I look at him with a lot of respect because he didn't have to do that, especially being that black people aren't the main consumer of that sport. You're talking about Marty Smith. Yeah, Marty Smith. Shout out to Marty Smith, man. He really impressed me. I think it goes beyond just the Confederate flag. I mean, months ago, I don't know if you guys remember Kyle Larson. He's another NASCAR driver who's actually like pretty decent. He got fired from NASCAR for dropping the N-word in a virtual race. And so he fired. He's not even allowed to race in NASCAR anymore, and he was actually kind of relevant. And now they're, like, allowing a Black Lives Matter, actually, car, too, and as well as allowing national anthem protests. So I think they're, like, going above and beyond what people would expect, at least from NASCAR, right? Yeah. I mean, just to put this into context, the NASCAR on June the 9th came out and made a statement saying, the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming, inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. So they came out making that statement NASCAR themselves. The Confederate flag has been a symbol at all NASCAR events since the beginning of NASCAR. So them to come out and ban the Confederate flag throughout this time, I think makes a big statement on their behalf. However, you do have your fans, you do have your NASCAR drivers who came out and wasn't too happy about that. One being, his name was Ray, I believe. I can't pronounce his last name. His name is Ray. But we're not really getting into him because obviously NASCAR didn't even know who he was either when he came out and made that statement, which is pretty funny. But what do you think about all the backlash? What does that say about the people who are NASCAR fans? You think it's appropriate? You think they're just acting out at the moment? I think it's to be expected. I mean, I think we all, I mean, it's not like we didn't see that coming a mile away, right? I mean, all these people are still going to watch NASCAR, too. I guarantee it. They're going to have their Budweiser can up and going on race day. (laughs) Yeah. Have you guys been to NASCAR events? It's actually one of the best events I've ever been to. I'm not going to lie. I went to an event out here in the Pomona Speedway. And them NASCAR fans, they know how to party. They know how to drink. For all weekend, they just drink until the race comes on Sunday. I, I think I see. Survive a NASCAR event, man. Yeah, <laughs> the Indy, I hear great things about the Indy 500 as well. Taylor told me a lot of good things about the Indy 500 when he went out there in Indiana and went to that race. He said it's one of the best events he ever been to. So obviously they know how to party, but obviously they also are a lot of races individuals at these events and they say it's unwelcoming for people outside if you're not white it's unwelcoming environment for you hopefully this will be one of those cases where things start changing and we want to shout out Bubba Wallace who's the only black NASCAR driver right now who really took a leap of faith 
and actually NASCAR to ban the Confederate flag. So we want to respect Bubba Wallace stepping on that pedestal, knowing that he was going to get a lot of backlash himself from these same NASCAR fans who go out and support him at all his races. Shout out. I think it's great. Obviously, black people never gave a shit about NASCAR, but me personally, it makes me want to go, uh, I don't mind going to check out an event now. <laughs> like, no, no, really, like, damn, like, these people making me feel welcome, but black people be careful. These people make you feel welcome and still hang you. So, I'm just speaking on it. It's still the state of America. It was a lot of people hung this past week, still being hung. So that's why I said that. But are we going to get into that as well? Because that shit is crazy to me. But all this technology up and cameras everywhere, you guys got First 48 and people snitching all the time. We live in the snitch generation. Y'all can't figure out nothing that's going on. Hey, listen, this is what I mean by you people are untrustworthy. No, we can definitely talk about that. I mean, that's part of the backlash right now, right? You have the Black Lives Matter movement coming out, they're marching in the streets, they're seeing what's going on, they're saying they're tearing up all our cities, and the whites are revolting. We don't have any evidence saying, as these are white people who lynched these African Americans out here, but who else is predominant for lynching people you know besides white individuals? I'm going to just say how I feel it, goddammit. Based on history and based on how they treat us, knowns I apologize, I say how I feel it, white people, with the hanging of all these black men recently and women, you are guilty until proven innocent. Period, point blank. You are guilty until proven innocent. And I think we should take that approach across the board. You're guilty until proven innocent. Now, clearly, that approach has worked. It's worked against us for a long time. So let's start trying some shit back. Guilty until proven innocent. And I'm just going on based on the Google images. Okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not getting deep here. I could just type in, like, niggas hanging in a tree on Google Images and shit will pop up. Okay? So, just hit your Google searches. We all got a search engine in our pocket. So, the people can look at it for themselves. But this shit happening in 2020 with cameras and shit going around in big cities? Like, come on. Like, didn't it happen in, like, Palmdale? Palm Two in California, one in New York, and one in Oregon, I believe. In the like, last... But you see what I'm saying? Like, we're not talking about people being found hung in the backwoods of fucking Mobile, Alabama. I mean, you don't wish this on nobody, but things like that, you'd be like, eh, you might could expect some weird shit from time to time. But in major cities, come on, man. Like, come on. And we see how the police have been acting, blatantly attacking the citizens the past couple of weeks of all races. So, once again, you motherfuckers is guilty until proven innocent. That's just how I look at it. There's no reason why this should be going on. This is sick. Yeah. This is gross. We, we saw this in the 1960, 1970, during the Civil Rights Movement, right? When blacks started to rebel and start just to get their rights, started to protesting, use their voice as their power, these same type of things started happening. Whites started lynching, whites started killing, whites started attacking blacks. In 2020, the same things are happening. So we have to assume that it's these are racist individuals who are doing these things. In, until you said, until proven innocent. Bet you they some punk motherfuckers too. There's some punk motherfuckers that only this tough when they in a group of six or seven, you punk bitches. Why don't y'all like do some shit one on one? Like fight. Yeah, this is capital. This is America. Shit, y'all hate us so bad. Shit, start calling us out and we'll promote a fight and get paid for it and put it on stage, get fucking merch, bobbleheads and all type of shit. Let's make a fucking sporting event out of your hate, right? Let's fucking capitalize your fucking hate. It's like, damn. Come on, like people are being hung by a rope in 2020?
dog. I thought we was going to have flying cars and we're dealing with this shit. The state of America is disgusting. It is what it is. And if you want to know the true state of America, we're just a bunch of big bullies that the world is no longer being afraid of no more. And we don't know how to handle not being a number one top dog on the block no more. And that's what it is. But I love America. And for the right price, I will help America get back on the right track. Definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, we've been dealing with this for a long time. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. So the people who don't really see this, the black African-Americans who don't really see this as an issue. So you have the Terry Crews, Candace Owens, Jason Whitlocks. What do you guys really think about that? And I mean, I'm embarrassed for them, to be honest with you. <laughs> the only people they're talking to are racist people in general and they're just trying to give them something to post that says hey this black person says it so it's okay it's like that person who goes i can't be racist i have a black friend it's like it's that same shit just on the internet now <laughs> it's like when i see some post it they lose all credibility in my book yes definitely so just to put little things into context as we always do here on couch talk sports Terry Crews came out and said that defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. And Candace Owens came out and says, I do not support George Floyd. Those are comments from African-Americans. Let's address Candace Owens first, because ladies first. Bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bitch, shut the fuck up. Oh, no, we're going here. That's where we're going. Hey, hey, state of America, state of America. Listen, it is what it is. You support Trump? Let me act like I'm a little bit. Bitch, shut the fuck up, okay? This is where we at. Now, I'm going to move right along because she's just a dumb bitch. Now, Terry Crews, you wildin'. You wildin', bro. You wildin'. Mm -hmm. First of all, there could be no black supremacy. Because in order for there to be a black supremacy, we would need to enslave another group. We would need to build systems on top of that enslavement for a couple hundred years that disenfranchises that group. We would also need to make sure that we put things in place to where this group can't economically help themselves. We must take away jobs. We must undereducate. We must leave their children malnourished. We must break up the homes. We must do all these things in a systematic way in order to be supreme. You get what I'm telling you? So, Terry Crews, I get that you might not be trying to rock the boat because I see in your Brooklyn Nine-Nine on NBC, you got a lot of, like, probably cast members who you're probably trying to impress there and producers and things like that. But at least cover your bullshit up a little bit. That's a fucking horrible statement. That's stupid. That's idiotic. And that shows that you don't even know what the word supremacy means. And I'm disappointed that you don't know because you have a dictionary in your pocket. It's called Google. It's on your phone, Terry. So you need to utilize that and figure out what supremacy means. But for him to say something like that, that's wild. Like, and to address this whole equality thing, this is to Terry, but this is also to the nation. I don't want equality. And the reason why I don't want equality is because equal could be misleading. Example, if the government forced us all to live inside of a shoebox, all of us, we will be equal because we're all being forced to live inside of a shoebox. No mansions, no one's above, no one's below. We're all the same. But we all know that's not right to live inside of a shoebox. If they said everyone is mandated to make X amount of dollars an hour at minimum wage, well, it's equal, but we know that's not fair. So equal doesn't always mean right. So maybe you don't know these things, Terry, or fellow Americans, but let's not fight for equality because equality can mean that we all live in the same poor state of living. 
You get what I'm telling to you? And yeah. so I don't want to fight for that. I really want to fight for liberation. Like, equality could be a bit misleading. I don't want to do that. Because at the end of the day, look at how they treated poor white people that chose to march with the poor black people back in Martin Luther King era. They were gunned down and killed right along with us. So it's clear how they will treat even their own. There's no shortage of cases like that. Just, I don't have all the names and shit off the top of my head, but I don't have to. The people got Google. Go listen at what I'm saying. The shit is out there. There's multiple white people who have been jailed and who've been killed for trying to fight the right cause. And that's standing on the side of what's right. Standing with black people. Not even necessarily because they're black people, because they're standing on what is the right thing to fucking do for another human. Right. So, yeah, like, they will equally kill them just with us. They don't give a fuck about them because they consider them nigger lovers. Let's just say how it is. They consider you a fucking nigger lover. And so they're going to treat you like a nigger because you're a nigger lover. God bless. I'm just trying to understand. We're talking about the state of America here, trying to understand how African-Americans are siding with the racial injustice, the social injustice, the racial inequality. Take somebody like Jason Whitlock, LeBron James came out and made a statement about Aubrey a couple of weeks ago. And Jason Whitlock came back at LeBron saying he was just trying to use that for publicity. LeBron didn't respond back, actually. He just let Jason Whitlock say what he wanted to say. And a lot of African-Americans attacked Jason Whitlock for attacking LeBron. Next yeah, thing you know, he has a track record of that, though. He has, he has a track record of attacking LeBron, right? But in the Maud Aubrey case... I thought what LeBron was saying was actually pretty well stated. I don't think he was using it for policy at all. He just said, we continue to be the hunted. And I don't see how Jason Whitlock could not see that. We have we not continue to be the hunted. Based on that Ahmaud Aubrey who was just jogging his own neighborhood. And he's gunned down by two white males. One a former police officer and one with the police officer's son. Jason Whitlock, he wears his fedoras wrong. That's first and foremost. We just have to get this out the way. And I just really can't respect the guy's opinion that wears his fedora like this. And a guy who wears a fedora too frequently, I just, I look at him weird. So, Jason Whitlock, you're irrelevant just because of the fedora. That's first. And it's like, he has a track record of hating Braun. I don't know if it's just Braun or if he's just got something against talented athletes because he looks very unathletic. He looks like he's never been athletic one day in his entire existence. So, I don't know if he has that little thing stemming from him. Mr. Whitlock, I don't know. But whatever it is, you have to learn to just shut up. Just shut the fuck up sometimes. Like, you're wrong. And I know these people give you a platform and a nice bag of money to go out there and spew this crazy shit. But if you're going to say shit, at least say crazy shit that makes sense. Half the time, you don't even make any sense. And right. take the fucking fedoras off. God bless. Yeah. So just to put it into a little bit more, LeBron came out and say we're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes. Can't even go for a damn jog. Like, what the F? Man, you're kidding me. No man, for real. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Am I rest in paradise? And my prayers and blessings sent to you. And then Jason Whitlock responded, this isn't helpful. It's Twitter trolling. It's using this man's tragedy to build a brand as more outspoken than Michael Jordan. There are all kinds of ways to draw attention to this tragedy. So, I don't understand Jason's Whitlock response to that. But he's the only African-American who doesn't see this as a major problem. And that's something that I think is part of the state of America right now. So, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? 
Episode two was pretty good. Pretty fire. I like this. I like where we're going. Yeah, man. To the American public, if I just sound too direct and brash at sometimes, I want to apologize, but not really. I really don't give a fuck for your apologies, but I'm just throwing it out there because I know it might make some of you feel good. But deep inside, I don't really give a fuck. But excuse me, because I shouldn't be calling women bitches, but bitches shouldn't be saying shit about that about a deceased man. So, hey, it cancels out, right? But I just really hope that people be taking the things that I say, listen at what I'm saying and not how I'm saying it. Because if you listen to how I'm saying it, you can miss the message of not just what I'm saying or what a lot of people are saying. That speaks to the sensitivity of America right now. That speaks to all these subject shaming things. And this shit is just fucked up right now from top to bottom. And we should have used this time on lockdown to really fundamentally look at the things that we do as a nation individually and collectively to look at a lot of things because the state of America is not good. It's not gravy. And anybody that's out here saying, let's make America great again, I'm all for making this place great. But where and why the again? This is all I want to know. When and where was America ever great? What era do you point to of America ever being great? The era that you can point to, I can point to fallacies in that era that will kill your argument about America being great. So let's make America great. We could do that. We can't make America great again. Because again implies that we was great once before. And this is a proud black American speaking. We were never great. As long as we had people being oppressed, we was never great. As long as we weren't number one in education and science and literacy, we was never great. As long as we can't compete on a global scale with these other nations, we're never great. As long as our children continue to take summer schools off and these other nations, these up and coming nations don't, we'll never be great. So these are some of the things that we just need to sit down and think about. Because the problem with America is it's kind of like the fucking young teenage kid that you can't tell nothing about themselves or else they're going to get upset. And all you're trying to do is tell the truth and help them. But they're going through puberty and all this other shit. And that's where we're at. We're just a young, because America seems old, but in the grand scheme of like nation building, it's a young place. Like America is just a young, angry 16 year old that's overpowered, that don't know what to do with all this strength and power. Crazy emotional, can't focus that emotional energy. Just like a fucking child. We need to grow up. God bless. <laughs> uh, there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> episode two. Episode two. Episode two. The State of America. I love it. I love it. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for providing some great context, some great information. We'll be back with our final episode tomorrow. State of America. We're going to touch on a little bit more topic. We're going to dive a little deeper into the prison system the war on drugs, the education, and how that equals into the state of America and how that has always been a problem in America and continues to be a problem in America, as we addressed earlier. Thank you guys for joining me, Lamont, Ryan. See you guys tomorrow. Couch Talk Sports, Episode 2, The State of America.